This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Thanks for tuning in another live stream here of the Business Storytelling Podcast. I don't know what episode, 350, something like that. The podcast version, by the way, of this show will run right before April Fool's Day. And I have something special planned for you all for April Fool's Day. You don't want to miss it. I'm going to try some funny writing. We will see. Last year, it was pretty popular. I wrote about the um, Neighborhood Marketing Committee spending $1.5 million in billable hours to sell the free desk on the curb. So we will see if I can top that this year. By the way, there's a new feature if you want to call and leave a voicemail. I'm happy to include that on future shows, or you can ask questions about this show, and we'll try to listen to them. We might not be able to play them, but of course, you can also um, just leave a comment on all the different channels. Real quick shout out. We're still live streaming with Switcher Studio, switcherstudio.com. Trap one gets you the first month off, so I really would recommend that you try them. I could not produce the show, quite frankly, without their help. So today, we want to talk about how do we write funny or funnier. I think writing funny, quite frankly, is um, is hard to do. Um, so I asked one of the experts to come on the show, Scott Dickers. Uh, he's the founding editor of The Onion, has written a number of books. You can see them in the bottom there in the Amazon carousel. How to write funny, how to write funny characters. And I know some of you all are so stuffy with your writing. I know we are friends here, so I can say it like that. And me too. Same here. So let's get Scott on the show, see what he can teach us, and tell us about his latest book. And we'll go from there. Scott, how's it going today? Great. How are you, Christoph? Thanks for having me. Living the dream, so to speak. I just got to figure out whose dream it is. Well, hopefully it's yours. <laughs> hopefully it's somebody else's. Hopefully it is, but thanks for uh, really. I'm really happy to have you on the show. And and I ran across your book, How to Write Funny Characters. I don't even know where I ran across it. Maybe it came up as a recommendation, or uh, somebody tweeted about it. But either way, I ran across it, and I thought, hey, I got to see if Scott can come on the show and these book launch parties. I think people really enjoy them. We did one last week with Charlene. So tell us about the latest book. What um, you know, uh, what prompted it and, and what can people take from it? Yeah, thanks for asking. So it debuted yesterday. How to Write Funny Characters is a book people have been asking from me for a long time because I wrote the, the first book in this series, How to Write Funny, a long time ago, like seven years ago now. And I just kind of dropped it on Amazon. I didn't do it through a traditional publisher, did it on my own, didn't really expect much. And it's just kept selling and it sells more and more every month. It seems like a lot of people really want to crack the secret for how to write comedy. And that's what that book was. It was my attempt to take everything I'd learned writing comedy professionally for 30 years. And I felt like I really had it down to a science, but I hadn't ever seen a book spell it out. How do you 
compose a professional joke? How do you make people laugh with writing? So I, it was my first nonfiction book where I just spelled out, I just did a big brain dump. Here's how you do it. Here are the tricks of the trade. Here's how the pros do it. And there was a section in there on character, but it was only like two or three pages long. And everybody wanted more like, wait a minute, how does that work? What are archetypes? What are, uh, what's the fish out of water? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so there are like set archetypes that people use and they use them in comedy, but they also use them in business. I took this course a long time ago from this uh, marketing guy, Dan Kennedy, and he was talking about different characters. And if you know your archetype, it helps you communicate to the people that you're trying to reach, the people who are already in your tribe in a way that really connects with them. And that's important. Like in a comedy movie, it's important because they're trying to make you laugh. They want you to buy tickets and uh, get your, uh, they need to deliver on what you're paying for. But in a business context, like, you know, you might need to sell something, you might need to just keep a customer happy or whatever the case. So this is a trick that professionals have been using, professional entertainer entertainers for generations. And there are certain types of characters that really work with audiences and certain kinds that don't. And a lot of times people sit down to write this stuff and they're reinventing the wheel. They're like, okay, where do I start? What should I do? The How to Write Characters book gives you kind of a template and a how-to to pick a character that already works, go through some simple techniques for making it unique, because that's critical. You can't have a hacky character that we've all seen before. So you do have to go with these known archetypes that, that are known to work, but you have to give it a little bit of a spin so that it comes off as being completely original. So that's the what the book is all about. And that's where it came from. Yeah. So very interesting. And of course there's like 40 different types and, you know, just looking through your book, um, how, how do I even go about learning about those different types or, or how do I start, you know? So, so I'll, I'll be quite open about it as I always am. Uh, when I did, every time I write anything that is supposed to be funny, it's a lot harder for me to do. Um, than just writing that informational article, right? I mean, I've done that for decades. I just, you know, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's second nature. Writing is still, I don't know, one of the, the most physically draining things out there without having to get up. But um, so how, where do I even start to, 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 to kind of wrap my head around those 40 different types and um, to, to write funnier copy when it's relevant? Right. So my first book kind of starts you at the beginning, like how do you write comedy? And it walks you through how to get your brain in the right shape that you need to be in to sit down and write comedy. So it's not hard. So it's easy. So it just kind of flows out of you. A lot of people don't have that. I'll give you a couple of really specific tips to start that off with. There's an exercise called the morning pages that I recommend everyone do where you just write for a half an hour every morning and you don't think about what you write. You don't go back and change anything. Don't fix typos. And you don't judge anything you write, but you just write for a half an hour. And it's kind of like priming the pump and it gets you in a sort of creative space. And you need to do that for a few days to really get in a, a place where you're comfortable writing and it doesn't feel like hard work. It just sort of naturally flows. But then when it comes to doing comedy, you mentioned it perfectly, Christoph, like you start with something to say. You want to have a message. Every writer should have something to say. But to say it with humor, you don't don't want to even know because it's not going to be funny. What you need to do is 
route it through one of these, what I call funny filters, and there's 11 of them. There's 11 different ways to make your opinion through one of these 11 things. It's going to come out the other end funny. And so I explain how to do that in my first book, how to write funny. And so if you're, that's how you start. That's kind of fundamental. If you're at the point where you recognize that you are a character or you're writing for a character, like if your brand is a character, if it's an archetype, then that's pretty simple. You go through this list of the 40 and you identify which one you are. Cause you'll know, you'll read the, that I am. This is the archetype that I'm tapping in order to reach people who I want to reach. And then my book sort of gives the best practices for how to maximize that character and how to make sure that you're always coming across properly as that character so you don't confuse people. The worst thing you can do to an audience is confuse them because then they're not going to be laughing. You need to be very clear about who your character is and always behaving in the way that people expect given what your character traits are. Yeah, very, very interesting. And so when we talk about characters, I mean, I don't want to say fiction, right? But, but, but it is, you know, well, how, we all how do you want a face? You know, we all have a public face. Yeah. It's not how, the real us or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, but I am as authentic as I am on online as I am when I turn things off. But uh, I, I don't know. I know that's not, you know, of course, we, we're always trying to show our uh, better self, even though I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I live stream myself working now. I had 4,300 people that's watch right. this morning, which I don't know why you guys are watching, but I'm just sitting here working uh, a, a white shot of me, um, you, <laughs> you know, at my desk and all my equipment. But so how can brands how can they use what's in your book so for example i mean you know you talk about uh the nine most common character mistakes you know avoid these frequent pitfalls that will they'll make your character boring for example what can other brands take from that as they're trying to be uh let's say funnier or at least more interesting yeah no i think they can they can take a lot i think the first step is you need to identify what character archetype your brand voice is. And if you go through the list of 40, you're probably going to find it. And it might be a hybrid of two. That's very common in comedy. You can have like the everyman naif or uh, the know-it-all jerk. You know, there, there are all sorts of hybrids that work really well. And so being able to identify what that archetype is and know it is going to be step one. And then as far as you know, knowing what mistakes, well, like I said, there's nine, and these are based on entertainment mistakes, but I think they totally apply to business because at the end of the day, it's all communication. And when you're doing social media posts as a brand, or you're putting out any kind of uh, content or anything, it's entertainment, you know, whether you want it to be or not, infotainment, perhaps at the, at the worst. So, it's only going to help you to be more entertaining and to learn how to integrate exposition. For example, you know, some of the best brands do this. Like I look at the Twitter feeds of Wendy's, for example, which is like one of the better Twitter feeds of any brand I've seen super funny, uh, super edgy, and they really get 
who they are. They get their archetype. And, you know, they obviously have professional comedy writers doing that social media. So I guess my work is I'm trying to write the how-to so that anybody doesn't, you don't have to be a comedy professional. Anybody can learn a few simple tools and play in the, in the same league. Absolutely. So of course, as you guys know, I got 8,000 things I'm going on here. I got people <laughs> commenting on LinkedIn. I'm wondering if Amazon is working. I think it's working. I can't get it to work, but um, it seems to be working. Also, Kelly, Robbie, not Kelly, sorry, Robbie, if you're still watching, um, Robbie Kelman Baxter just bought Scott's new book for my Kindle. I need the funny filters. So that's awesome. Here. Um, already sold at least one book here on the book launch party over lunch on day two. Of, I, ho I um, hope he didn't buy the wrong book because the funny filters are all listed in the first book in the series, How to Write Funny. <laughs> Well, so Robbie, if you're still listening, make sure you get the other one. I think that's pretty. That's the that's the other one is how to write funny, correct? Yeah, that's the book one of the series, and that has that explains the eleven funny filters. The how to write funny characters is an expansion on just one of the funny filters, which is the character filter. Got it. So I will, um, if you since she's watching on LinkedIn, Robbie, you may not have gotten the right book, but I will share the link to the other book. Um, in a little bit here. It is currently listed on in the Amazon carousel. I put them all in there. Um, yeah, just I've got that for the new book uh, just debuted, so it's on sale up on Amazon, the Kindle version, for 99 cents today only. Yep, that's what it's showing on here yeah. as well. So um, as I'm thinking about writing funny, so obviously, you know, there's some, so April Fool's Day is a day when we can all write funny to an extent. Some publications, it's you know, it's pretty easy to write funny, but some brands, I'm sure they're already adding me here on on Twitter and wherever, and they're telling me, oh, we can't do, um, you know, we can't do funny, but everybody can do funny, right? We everybody just have can to figure funny. out when. Yeah, and so that's a, one of the tricks of using the eleven funny filters. Some of them you're not going to be able to use. You're not going to want to use shock. That's one of the funny filters. Probably you're not going to want to use irony because that often requires you to say something that sounds completely wrong <laughs> and will deter customers. But you can certainly use the reference funny filter, the wordplay funny filter. There's so many. Meta humor is a wonderful one that almost anybody can use that are very appropriate, you know, workplace appropriate jokes or corporate voice appropriate uh, types of humor that anybody would be well served to incorporate in their communication. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's probably the, the one pushback I get totally. all the time from people. Yeah. We, we can't be funny. Um, I, I actually think sometimes when I try to be funny, what if somebody doesn't get it or what if somebody doesn't right. like it? I mean, how does the book help people, um, you know, get across that fear. Yeah, it's always a danger. The way I deal with that, same way that any professional comedy writer or performer deals with that, it's a volume game. So comedy is not brain surgery. It's more like baseball. So it's all about batting average. And so the more confidence you can build doing humor, the better your odds are going to be, the better your 
batting average is going to be. So if you try once to be funny and that's all you ever try, you know, good possibility that's going to bomb and you're going to say, oh, it didn't work for me. I'm never going to do it again. But if you can build a habit and try to do it regularly, you're going to start to build up a, a confidence and you're going to start to build up a batting average. So that's the great thing about humor is that it isn't brain surgery. So if your joke doesn't work or if it doesn't connect, nobody gets killed. You know, it's you learn a little something and you come back a little stronger and nobody's going to fault you for trying to make a joke and fail because we've all been there. Then you can even use one of the other funny filters that I mentioned a second ago, meta humor to recover from a bad joke. And you see this on late night talk shows all the time. If they do one of their monologue jokes and it doesn't work, they'll start making jokes about how bad the joke was or how it didn't work. And that kind of self-depreciating humor is always appreciated. And it's a really sophisticated type of humor to make fun of other humor. You can make fun of your own humor and do really well with that. Yeah, I make fun of myself all the time. And, and you know, I laugh at my own jokes. I mean, the other week I was running around um, telling people, um, you know, Scott, what do you say when uh, when you get a cold call? What do I say when I get a cold call? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be some wordplay joke, right? About cold. What is it? Tell me. Oh, you're so smart. You say Gesundheit. So I thought it was cold. hilarious. Okay. Got you it. know, Gesundheit or bless whatever. Bless yeah, you. Yeah. I guess. Um, you know, I laughed at it. I don't know if anybody else did. Um, so sometimes I, what's interesting about the whole baseball analogy is I feel the same way when it comes to content strategy, content marketing, even to an extent live streaming. You know, some live streams, they're not as successful. And sometimes it's the timing. Sometimes it's the topic. Sometimes it's who knows what. Technology isn't working. But it's a little bit of you have to take swings, right, to make it work. Exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like people remember the good ones. And they forget. They forget. Even for, that's another mitigating factor that I would say helps people get over that fear of bombing remember that Steven Spielberg has made a lot of amazing, great movies, but he's made some clunkers too. Nobody remembers those. Nobody cares. <laughs> you know, he's still lauded as the greatest movie director, even though he made Hook, which we all forgot, you know? So of course, in your book, you talk about how to come up with funny characters. And and what I find interesting, I don't know if, if um, this is the reason you came up with this, or maybe tell us about what the, what the reasoning is. But I know people always ask for processes. How do you do it? Do this. Right. Agents have a framework and whatever. You yeah, I'm big on that. I love, because when I was learning how to do comedy, I always craved somebody to just give me the process. Give me the steps. What's the go by numbers? Tell me what, I, what to do next. <laughs> so yeah. all my books are step by step. Do this first. Awesome then do this, then do this. I think that's really important, especially somebody who doesn't, who's never done it. You just can't expect them to intuitively get, you know, what they should do when. So yeah, I'm big on that. So when you first learn those steps, is it kind of like, so when I do live streams, right? I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot better, even though I still got 12 things. Um, so when you first start, you kind of think about every motion, right? Like, you, you do yeah, this you're very clunky you and you're very, uh, yeah, you're not doing it by, um, with any kind of sense of grace or intuition. It's, uh, yeah, you're kind of going through the motions. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I know you have a chapter in your book, how do you come up with funny characters? And um, talk about that process a little bit, if you can. And of course, people, you can download the book for much, much more, but just maybe like a high level, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't have a character voice for your brand, for example, and you feel like you need to come up with one, there's a few ways to do that. Um, And in the book, I list three of them. One of them is if you just think of funny things all the time, you don't even realize it. The problem is you're not writing them down and saving them. So this is what professional comedy writers do. They write that stuff down and they save it because they realize how valuable it is. So they walk around with a list of funny things, funny characters they've invented that they can tap into to look at. So if you don't have that, the other method is think about people you know in your life, think about other characters that you like and let that inspire you to come up with a character that's similar, that that reminds you of that other thing. But again, don't copy someone else's because that then you've got a cliched character that is not going to feel true. It's going to feel a little hacky. And then the other method is to go through this list of the 40 archetypes and basically select one. And oftentimes it depends on what your brand story is. So that's going to determine what kind of character you want for your story. And I give a few specific tips for that in the book. For comedy, you always want to have some sense of irony. So it's a character who is kind of the opposite type of character you would expect to be in that story context. That creates humor because then think of any comedy movie, that's how it works. You've got a character who goes on an adventure that they are the least likely person to go on that adventure or the least likely to succeed at it. It's pretty much the foundation of any comedy movie. And so once you go through those those 40 character archetypes, you're going to find one that kind of rings true for you and that clicks and that you feel is going to work. And then you can move on to the chapter right after that chapter, but with the lists, the 40, uh, that goes into how to make it unique so that your character feels really fresh. It's really important for a character voice to be entertaining. It has to be fresh. It has to seem original. And there are really simple ways to do that. So um, very interesting. And Robbie says on LinkedIn, so I'll have to buy both. Um, Scott, do I need to buy them all? Um, how many books are there total? There's four in this series and you don't need to buy them all unless you want to be a comedy professional. So the first book is about how to tell a joke, how to compose a joke. That's the building block of all comedy. You have to be able to tell a single funny line. The second book is how to write funny. I got them all here. So first one is how, how to write funny. And then the second one is how to write funnier. This one tells you how to write a longer piece like a short article or maybe compose a stand-up bit or something like that. It's all about building on a joke and escalating it to a finish. And that's, uh, this is the thickest one in the bunch. It's like a, a meteor book. And then the, the third one, how to write funniest is how to use a group to make comedy that's funnier than the sum of its parts. So if you've got a communications team that's going to be a helpful book to figure out how to manage that team, how to make sure that the best jokes are getting through because the process is very counterintuitive for that. Most people put together writing teams wrong and the, the work that comes out of them is often not funny (laughs) because there are so many personality dynamics that interfere with 
actually creating something funny. I don't have a copy of the new one, How to Write Funny Characters, because it just came out yesterday. But uh, again, that one uh, focuses on just how to write funny characters. So yeah, if you're really interested in comedy and learning how to do it professionally, you can get them all. And also my website, howtowritefunny.com, if you don't want to buy any books, tons of free resources on that website, free eBooks, my podcast, How to Write Funny. I interview people who work in comedy, either as performers or writers or behind the scenes people to give you a really good sense of how comedy works, what people's individual process is. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a ton of resources there. Awesome. And of course, um, How to Write Funny Characters, the one we're mostly talking about. I know we're jumping around a little bit. That's already number one bestseller, number one in two categories, number four in another. Um, okay. So certainly people are checking that out and people are uh, buying it. And I see people are clicking on it over on Amazon. So certainly, um, certainly appreciate um, everybody doing that. That's I cool. found it very you interesting. Can, you can see people clicking on it? Yeah, I can see people clicking on it. So um, I don't know how you on, can see that. On Amazon Live, so the way it works is um, if you guys check it out, Amazon.com um, forward slash live under live streams, so you can see what people are clicking on. It's Amazing. kind of unbelievable, the technology. I'm a big, big fan of Amazon Live. I really am. Didn't even know about it until maybe Thanksgiving last year. I think it's pretty new. And are we on it now or we're not on? We're on it now. We're, yeah, we're everywhere. We're on Amazon Live. And um, so uh, this is still relevant to everybody since we just actually we talk about live streaming a lot. So we're live streaming on Amazon.com forward slash live. And it's also being live streamed to your books page. So okay. it's right below the um, description. I'll, um, I'll do a screenshot so here. And um, so it's there. And then we're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. And that's it. I'm kind of giving up on Facebook, quite frankly, <laughs> for the time being. They really uh, screwed me over with the captions. I used to caption my videos and they don't work anymore. On Facebook? Yeah. And they just stopped. Yeah. The, so in my new book, Going Live, I talk about this a little bit. So because um, Facebook has maybe, um, Facebook has captions, LinkedIn has captions, and um, Twitter doesn't. And so I was streaming to Twitter and with the state auditor of Iowa and some, and it, I don't know, 1500 people watch it on Twitter alone. And somebody said, there's no captions. Are there captions anywhere? And I didn't have captions anywhere. So yeah. it's all these moving pieces. Yeah. They'll get all figured out. Yeah. One, one thing at a time, one step at a time. It's infancy. All this. Right. It, yeah, it really is. Um, so my question is, Oh, here. Um, so now Robbie has left LinkedIn Live and she's over on Amazon Live. Yep, of okay. course. We have, I have written something on Amazon Live. I'll send you the link. It's also in the latest book, it has its own chapter because it is definitely interesting. So, yeah, I um, see this on Amazon Live now. That's so cool. Right? Yep. It's, um, it's, it's very cool. So, what makes a character funny, anyways? I know you kind of talked about some of those things and you, you kind of go really in depth in, in, in one chapter. Um, but like, you know, does it depend on culture? Does it depend on like what? Like, yeah. How do we define a funny character? It transcends culture. There are certain characters that are universal that people everywhere like and respond to. 
it kind of goes back to Jungian archetypes and theories of personalities. There are certain personalities that we all like. It's a little different in entertainment because there are certain characters that people are going to want to see to be entertained. Whereas in real life, there might be other reasons why you would like or want to be a certain type of character. But what makes them funny is, so these 11 funny filters that I define in the first How to Write Funny book, they are principles of comedy. So they're kind of like the a scientific theory that like we know this way. We don't know why, we just know it works that way. And so one of the ways that it works and one of the things that happens is if you establish a character and be very clear about what its traits are, and then you show that character acting in accordance with their traits, that a laugh will result. Audiences will find that funny. Again, not sure why that is a thing, but that's a thing. Establish a character, show them acting like that character. Let's say, let's say the character is the know-it-all archetype. It's a standard archetype character who's super smart, knows everything. If you show them being super smart in any context where they spout off, spout, you know, some people are going to enjoy that. They're going to like that. It's going to be like their little uh, endorphin rush from a notification. They're going to get a little endorphin rush from seeing the character do that. And it's just very satisfying. And so a deeper reason why that's so funny to people is thanks to another funny filter, which is the reference funny filter, which is when the writer or performer refers to something that is a shared experience with the audience, the same thing happens. We get this little endorphin rush where, oh, oh that experience shared it as well makes us laugh. So Jerry Seinfeld was the master of that technique. All of his jokes are just pointing out these little things in life that he's noticed that you've also noticed. And when you hear him point that out, you laugh. So a character is recognizable to us because we've seen them in other entertainment, we've seen them in real life. And so when that character appeals to something in us in a way that we've recognized that character before, yet it seems new, we're laughing on two different levels then uh, at that character. Very, very interesting. And um, definitely something for, for everybody to think about. How do we, I mean, really it comes down to how do we create better content? Sometimes we might want to do that through um, comedy. Um, and certainly this is an easy way to get started or easier than just starting from scratch. I tried to make it as easy as I could. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely a fan of the framework. You guys check it out. 99 cents. Is that just today or how long is the 99 cents? Yeah, deal? it's 99 cents for the day. So end of day today, it'll, it'll go back to regular price. So if you're watching on the live stream, make sure you grab that today. And if you're listening on the podcast, unfortunately, it doesn't publish today. So um, check it out at the regular price. Definitely would recommend it. It's not going to be an arm and a leg. It's going to be, you know, uh, eight bucks or something. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Scott, really appreciate you making the time, sharing your wisdom with us today. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And awesome. Thank you so much. Hopefully everybody can learn something and um, create content that's funnier. I'm Christoph Trapp, your host, and thanks for joining us. Until next time. That's a wrap. 
Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.